where it was like a cue card. I'm going to take off my shirt right when we hit yeah. this note on this song. <laughs> like every no, fucking time. It, was, it wasn't It was take off your shirt. It's rip off my shirt. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah rip off my Let's shirt. Let's rip off my Come shirt. Come on, dude. Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! This is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast where every week we take we take a different album from a different artist and we break it down. We find out all the secrets about these records. We let everyone know about them. Um, my name is Tyler. Way out there, hundreds of miles away, is uh, is Jeff. Go to Apple Podcasts. Go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. Um, oh, we have a phone number. You can call us. We have a phone number. You can call us. Leave us a voicemail. Send us a text message. Uh, and that number is 503-893-5307. We do listen to them. We do talk about them. We take recommendations. Like next week, we took a recommendation from, from somebody that wanted us to do a particular record or a particular artist. So that's what we're doing. Um, but anyway, back to this episode. What, what are we doing today, Jeff? We're doing The Revelry by Bullets and Octane. Bullets and Octane formed in 1998 in St. Louis, Missouri, but quickly were stationed in Los Angeles, California. They were uh, formed by Gene Lewis or Gene Bullets on vocals, Brent Clausen on bass. They currently have seven full-length records, one EP, and were a staple in the Orange County music scene in the early 2000s. But that one we're doing today is The Revelry. It is the band's first record, and it was released September in 2004. It features Gene Lewis or Bullets on vocals, Brent Clausen on bass, Sky Von Jane on guitar, Jack Tankersley on guitar, and Ty Smith on drums. Now, Jeff, uh, what are your um, what's your origin story with the Bullets and Octanes? And uh, yeah, what do you got? Go. Oh, uh, I mean, I'm sure it was it was you or, or Annie. I don't I don't remember when it first happened, 
but all I know is that when it did happen, we were we were knee deep, and you were already knee deep. So mm-hmm. it was it was uh, like, damn, I've seen this band so many times, and again, this is this is one of those groups that transcended just you and I in our musical taste, but in our group in general, our friends group, people in our group that don't even really like music that much, yeah. love Bullets yeah. and Octane. Have seen Bullets and Octane, like Renee. <laughs> her, my wife's first show was Bullets and Octane. That's so crazy to me. So, so like Bullets <laughs> and Octane is just, it's it's a part of us. The band is a part yeah. of us, and this this album. I mean, did we learn how to play pirates like on on in our in our band that we played in? You know, yeah, caviar yeah. and cigarettes. Like we played pirates. Like it's just. It's fucking insane. This band is, is such a part of us growing up and this it's such a part of our formative years of seventeen to twenty two. And totally. even still after that, I mean it's it's I don't know. I it's it's cool, man. It's it's cool and it'll be it'll it'll live forever because yeah. of that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So my my origin story um was with friend of the pod Annie who's actually been on the podcast once a long, long time ago. Um, she, uh, she, she saw them open for, I don't remember who, who she saw them open for, but she saw them at chain reaction and she was totally hooked. And then I remember her coming to me and saying, okay, th- there's this cool band called bullets and octane. They, they're coming out with a new record, like in a few weeks. And here's, here's three of the songs from that record. And it was, Save Me Sorrow, Pirates, and I think it was Bad Things to Bad People. And it was up on their website, their old ass website back in 2004. And, and, I was, and I was instantly hooked. And I was going to go to the record release show at Chain Reaction for the Revelry, but I ended up having to go to a funeral. So I, I wasn't able to go uh, because I was out of town. Oh. But, so, but I went to their show the next week. So I didn't go to the 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 record release show, but I went to the one at the week the weekend after at Chain Reaction. Um, but yeah, I, I've been I've been following this band since since right like honestly right before the Revelry came out, and I just was hooked from the start. And see, I mean, I've I've seen this band more than any band ever, and I I think it's at least twenty eight times I've seen this f- stupid fucking band. And every time, I mean, I think every time I've had a, a blast, I, it's just, especially in the early days. I mean, when before Sky and Jack were kicked from the band and then after James came, it was, those shows were really, really fun too. And honestly, a band that you and I like a lot, Valiant Thor, I would have never heard of them had they not opened for Bullets and Octane because Valiant Thor played open for them at the house of blues uh record release show for in the mouth of the young and seeing valiant thor at the house of blues was just like i i mean there was just something so surreal and just like they were such a crazy band and then gene was wearing one of their shirts during their set for the for the record release show and i don't know so it's like i just have so much history with this band and following every band member through their different iterations within the band and outside the band and you know, just seeing how like a guy from like Jack, who was an original member from this from Bullets, he goes from Bullets, gets fired, rejoins Bullets, and then joins the Murder Dolls in like 2009, does the whole Murder Dolls thing, and then has been Wednesday 13's guitar player for the last like 11 years, 
or 10 years, I should say. So it's like all these, I don't know. It's just like, I have this just invested interest in these guys for better or worse, but yeah, I don't know. Definitely for worse. Oh yeah. Yeah. For, I mean (laughs) a good chunk of their history. Yeah. But I mean, this era was just so much fun for, for us, for, Annie and I for you and I because I mean outside of Annie you and I have seen them the most out of all my friends so I mean I and I would just drag people to their shows like everybody I know has seen well not everybody but a lot of people I know have seen Bullets and Octane because of my stupid ass because I've drugged them to the shows like oh it's like a $8 show let's just go why not and we'll go and they're like oh yeah that's cool that was fun but I'm like super stoked that I get to see him for the 20th time and uh, yeah, so I don't know. It's just there. There was it was a really fun time, a very very fun time, and this is a very fun record. It's it's like rock and roll, like like really fun, just fun rock and roll. And I don't know, it's cool, man. It was a good time to be alive. Let's just say that. Yes. So, um. So yeah, that's my origin story. <laughs> then, and uh, what are your initial thoughts on the record? Outside I, I of like the nostalgia, like your 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 initial thoughts on the record. I don't. I mean, I don't remember the last time. I don't remember the first time I heard this record. Pirates is the is the the oldest memory I have from this. Yeah, and that's an instant hook. That is it. That, that's an instant classic. It's hard to not love Pirates because it's so catchy. But yeah. this is not an album that I've forgotten about. This is not like an album that it's been a while. Like I I still listen to this damn near like through and through at least once every three or four months. And so it's something that's on rotation, on repeat constantly, if yeah. not even at least a handful of these songs are on various playlists or whatever. So it's not like a forgotten gem or anything, but I, I mean, I don't know, dude, like pirates is so good. Pirates is my one B. Is it really? Oh, pirates shit. is my okay. one B. I'm not, I'm not afraid to, to, to be real. Cause if pirates <laughs> isn't your one B then that's, that's, that's wrong. That's false. But Pirates is just, I mean, I guess we'll get into it. Pirates is, is it's a perfect combination of, of writing just a catchy pop song, but then churching it up to be a hard rocker. Yeah, and that's, yeah. that's what Pirates is. And that, that's kind of what, what this album is about. That's what, that's what this album is based off of. That's what this band is based off of. Like even the fucking name, Bullets and Octane. Like, it's just such a cool name. <laughs> it really it's is. It's such a rock and roll name. Like, Guns and Roses, Bullets and Octane. Those are very cool names, and and <laughs> there are definitely moments where it seems like they want to be Guns N' Roses, and it's even to the point where the guy who produced this record is Gilby Clark, who was in Guns N' Roses. Yeah. So it's, I mean, these guys are like a, uh, I guess, kind of a mi- more mild or less pop, well, obviously less popular version of Guns N' Roses, but damn, I, the last song "Return" reminded me of. Guns N' Roses, the last part of it. It, it reminded that. me, it reminded me of Paradise City, like the the second solo in Paradise City when it's, everything oh, yeah. speeds up and gets faster. That's yeah. it reminded me of that. But but Pirates, dude, Pirates is besides just being a good song, and and being catchy and being fun. There's so much nostalgia in our friend group attached oh, to that song, and I've seen Bullets so many fucking times too, and I've seen them with with Avenged Sevenfold because. Oh, friend yeah, of the pod yeah. Talina her then boyfriend loved Event Sevenfold and he took me to like three or four shows and I've seen him with Avenged a bunch of times and so it's just like I've seen this band so many fucking times 
maybe <laughs> more than anybody wild. else. Like maybe maybe more than any other band I've seen. I've seen this band for so much because they've played cheap shows. We yeah, always just went. It was it was like every couple of weeks we would go see them at Chain or yeah it was like it was always Chain unless like you know I I saw them up at you know UCSB in Santa Barbara or the college in Santa Barbara you know I saw them at random like weird places like that but it was always most of the time it was at Chain Reaction. They saw them at the Gibson Amphitheater, which I changed his name to something else in yeah, Hollywood. Yeah, and and that I was and I mean they didn't even play Pirates because they're all butthurt that there was no encore. But that's that's bullets, man. Like bullets, at their best, they are a fucking rad reiteration of rock and roll of Guns and Roses. At their worst, they are Gene Bullet's ego, and that is <laughs> that's why this band is. That's why this album is so phenomenal. But that's why this band sucks is because of Gene Bullet's ego and how seriously he takes the rock star persona. Yeah, unfortunately. I feel like if if Bullets had come out in the early 90s, they would have blown up. Absolutely blown up. But I think it was like a wrong place, wrong time. For sure. This is the the end of the rock star era. This is the end of album sales because, you know, streaming or like, you know, pirating and streaming was starting. So like they they just, they were, it it was totally wrong place, wrong time. But had it been 10 years prior, 15 years prior, dude, they would have fucking blown up. Absolutely, I like a hundred percent believe that they would have blown up. Yes, they had they had the tenacity, they had the the energy, the the showmanship. It was all there. It was all fucking there in the beginning. But you know, that's just it, the time in music in the music industry just did not want that, and it sucks. It really, really sucks. I mean, but they also released every album after this, which was not good. Well, I know, so. but I, I but but had had the say the revelry had come out in the early '90s, you know, who knows what what could have come after that? You know, it probably wouldn't have been in the mouth of the young, or definitely not true. songs for the underdog. You know, it's like I I just feel like they they were I don't know I, I feel like they were trying too hard at this point when this whole kind of scene was dead, like the rock star scene, the rock star like like persona was dead at this point in the mid 2000s. So it just, it didn't, it didn't fit. It just did it not did, fit. It, it didn't fit. Like, especially in the mid two thousands, like the rock star scene was like emo and, and, and that, mm-hmm. and all those encompassing genres. So for bullets to come out and be shirtless all the time and be rock and roll stars and, and drink a lot. And it's just, what are you guys doing, dude? <laughs> like, yeah, which, which yeah. is fine. It could be fine for like one album, but because they never progressed better, and there are some things on this album that I think had they transcended into in the mouth of the young and then up their game, they could have stayed relevant, but yeah, they didn't yeah. do it like, like guitar playing, like soloing. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of these songs in their simplicity work on this album, but because they tried to redo it on mouth of the young without a, like a killer slash without a fucking gnarly guitar solo. Mm-hmm. It's just like, okay, you're building me up to a guitar solo, but then I'm not getting one. Therefore, I'm being let down. So there's mm-hmm. a lot of there's a lot of rock star mentality that's being kind of like pushed, but not being implemented. And yeah. that's and that's their downfall. I think also it, it comes down like I were, we were talking about on the the rankings episode. A lot of it comes down to the massive lineup changes throughout their entire career. Like they can't 
they've never really stayed with the same lineup every record like every record has a slightly differing slightly differing uh lineup and there's no consistency there there's no like let's try to you know expand as songwriters as a group it's just like let's hire a new guitar player let's hire a new drummer let's do this that this or that which is you know it whatever like after like a few records as like a, a core lineup that that could be fine but when every record is a different lineup it's it's a little rough and it doesn't it doesn't really make much sense and i think that was also a huge part of their downfall and how it peaked so early and just dipped so quickly <laughs> like i very few bands that have dipped this bad like or dropped that bad off the peak so I mean, there's a lot of like one-hit wonder bands, right? Like, like the '90s was was chock full of them, but at least they had that one-hit wonder. And it's sad that the revelry didn't get its due because, I mean, there should be various vinyl pressings of this album because it's it is that fucking good. It, it is, is a so good, good rock and roll album. Like yeah. objectively speaking, it's a good fucking rock and roll album. The tones are great. The production sounds fantastic. Everybody. Yeah is doing their job to a T and nothing yeah. is, nothing is extravagant. Like, like there's no off putting guitar solos. There's no crazy squirrely less Claypool bass lines. The drumming is on, on point. Gene's vocals is, is unique, but they're not unique enough to be, to be like an outsider. It's still rock and roll. Like everything mm-hmm. about this album is very cu- cookie cutter, but it just elevates that into something great. And yeah. that's what that's what's always bothered me. Like this album is is better than than anybody knows, but it'll never be that. It, it'll never get to that point because this band is a joke. <laughs> they really are. This band is a yeah. fucking joke. And 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 it's it's a part of the scene too. Like it, it's also like if you weren't in the scene at the time, you're not going to have that same feeling toward them. I guess Dude, we're talking about the scene though. Like 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 we say the scene. And and not to, not to be like conceited Southern California kids, but the scene in 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 rural like Wisconsin is different than the scene in in Southern California. When we say well, yeah. the scene, like that's the scene. Yeah, we're we are very very specific. Like 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 County. if if we were a podcast out of like Wisconsin, and we're like, oh yeah, the scene in Wisconsin. Like, who gives a fuck about the scene in Wisconsin? <laughs> Like we're talking about the scene, dude. The scene in Southern California. Like the the first time Renee saw Bullets was at the Viper Room, and it was a fucking crazy show. Yeah, and the fact and that this was, Bullets that was way drawing, after their prime too. Yeah, the fact that I was gonna say the fact that they're even drawing that big of a crowd at the Viper Room well, I mean, on like a Wednesday a night venue. or some shit. But it's, it's the Viper Room on yeah, like a fuck. It was like a fucking Wednesday night, yeah. and the fact and, that they're drawing that big of a crowd. That's the scene. That's the scene all musicians want to be in. You move to the East <laughs> Coast was, or the West Coast to be in that scene. That was a reunion show of this lineup, of the Revelry lineup, by the way. I don't know if you remember that, but that was like kind of how they, that's how they promoted that Viper Room show was that like, you know, this is, this is the Revelry lineup. This is the classic lineup of the band. And that was the show. And that was the only show they did as the reunion lineup. And then it, everything, of course, everything fell apart after that, but. So like I mean I, I I guess what I'm trying to get across is is because of this because this band had never really made it big they still made it big because when you start a band and you think about like touring and stuff you, your your main goal is to play like arenas or whatever but 
Yeah. Your your next main goal is to play clubs in L.A. or play clubs in New York, and that's what bullets and create did. a fan base. Like Bullets, create create a solid fan base too. Bullets created a fan base, and they played a fuck ton of shows in Southern California, including the iconic Sunset Strip. They played all of the iconic venues, and yeah. they did it. Like they did it. Yeah, they did. No, you're right. And what, they, they're one of the, those few bands where, like, I can go to a. I, at the time, I could go to a Bullet show and see the same people there, and you know, just know who they are, make friends with them. I mean. It was the same thing like with, I mean, you, you, you don't, you weren't, didn't go to a lot of Wednesday 13 shows, but I made some friends from those Wednesday 13 shows, like going to the show, his shows every month, you know, seeing the same, the same people there. It was just like, you kind of build this like cool bond with them, even though like I have, I don't really relate with them at all except through Wednesday or through bullets. But it's just like, you have that, that cool camaraderie when you see them again. And I don't know, it's just, it's cool. It's just, really really it's a cool feeling it's i but, mean I, I i understand it's it's what i've been getting into now with like the deadheads and then that's that's what yeah. you know that's what they did too it's the same it's the same concept you come Obviously, out for this one is a night. much smaller smaller base, but, it, but but it's the same concept right you come out for one yeah. night you share a, a common at least for that one night all, like everything else or nothing else matters except for what's happening tonight let's have a great night tonight and then we'll see you again in like three or four months. It's not a big deal. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. But damn, like Bullets is just this band is just it's just completely wasted potential. I know, man. It's it's in like eighty eighty percent is because of of I think I I would say like, I think seventy percent is because of Gene and thirty percent is because of the time period they're in. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Maybe. I. I, I would. I would agree with you on that. I'd agree. I mean, I, kind of following the band as 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 much as I did, it kind of seemed like it was, it was Gene who was the one who was like, okay, you guys are out, you know, this this or that, because it was weird. It was very rock star. Like I'm, it was an ego thing for sure. Dude, even so. the shows we went to, there was a, a specific point in the show where it was like a cue card. I'm gonna take off my shirt right when we hit yeah. this note on this song. <laughs> Like every no, fucking time, it was it wasn't it wasn't take off your shirt. It's rip off my shirt. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Rip off my. Let's shirt. rip off my come shirt. Come on, yeah. dude. Yeah, it it because because what he would do is Gene would come out with like a t shirt on, and then after like halfway through the first song, he would take off his his t shirt, and then he'd have like a wife beater under it. Yeah, and then by the end of that song, he would have already ripped it off, and that would have been like you know. His, that was his thing. Yeah. And did he did he always have the spy versus spy tattoo, or was that like a later thing that he got? It was after always. ripping off his shirt. I was no, always it was there. always there. Yeah, that spy versus spy. His entire back piece is spy versus spy, which is pretty cool. Honestly, I mean, I, I look at pictures of it now, and it's ugly as fuck. But like, respect <laughs> to the guy for getting it because that, yeah, that's big. <laughs> it it's a big piece. Yeah, it takes up his entire fucking back. It's pretty rad. Pretty rad, but. Um, okay. So, so, so let, let's get into, let's get into pirates a little bit more. I mean, we barely, we haven't even really touched upon the music. Yeah. It's more like the history and our, our bullshit about this band and record, but how much we love to hate this band. I know. Right. But this fucking record is so good. Uh, so, so what do you, I mean, musically, I mean, I, like we talked about, it's very like kind of poppy or like pop rocky almost. It's a very sing along. You're able to sing along with it very well. This is a pop easily. song. 
If it wasn't yeah. for distortion, like the let da 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 da, this would be like you hear like snapping, like dude, this is some shit. Like I don't know, Buddy Holly would be singing. This is this is a pop song. Yeah, it's good, man. It's good. Uh, and then lyrically, I mean, I mean, honestly, all the lyrics on this record were kind of lackluster, if not confusing for me. Okay. Um, but lyrically on this one, I feel like this song is just about, you know, ladies of the night and, uh, you know, him kind of like almost from their perspective and just talk, it's, talk, it's just talking about prostitutes. That's what the song is about and how they, they're, you know, obviously they're, they're pirates. They're pirates of the night, ladies of the night. That's what they are. So that, that's, that's what I got lyrically on this one. What do you there think? was there was a lot of lyrics actually all of these songs I was very I was surprised at how much more I'd got out of them than I thought I was going to get out of them really type of okay. thing right. yeah so like like this one specifically I, I feel like there's two things going on here on the one hand he's glamorizing his extravagant lifestyle that he loves so much but on the other hand there's like a love song buried here and okay. I think that prostitution thing is 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 a concept, but I think I think I think it's just him. Like he's he's over exaggerating himself for the girl that he loves. Okay, interesting. And I I think there's there's kind of two things. I think that's the theme of this entire album. To be honest, I think I think Gene and and this is why I think he's like the worst part of this fucking band is because <laughs> the worst and best part. <laughs> yeah, the worst and only part. To be honest, like. <laughs> Is is he he knows his lifestyle is complete shit. He knows what he's doing is completely wrong. He knows that it's it's self destructive, but he either doesn't care, doesn't want to believe it, or is in complete denial. And there's a lot of half of these songs here are are based around that that concept. But I think that's what Pirates is about. I think there's a, I think there's a love song buried here. I do. Maybe it's possible. It's possible. But I I don't know. I falling back to the the. The prostitute thing it's I feel like it's I feel like the first if we're just like getting in there like specific the first verse is I think it's just him and his homies just talking about how fucking great they are they're 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 cruising dude they're in their they're hitting bar to bar to bar looking at their prey looking at the women that they want and then the next one that the next the next verse when he's talking about he's up all night that's after they're cruising the bar, after he realized like, fuck all these girls that I thought I wanted, I'm getting home mm-hmm. and I'm realizing that I'd want this one girl, but okay. there's still that, that layer. Cause he talks about like, like cluttering up his sky. There's yeah. still that like, he's still so full of shit. He's still so full of himself that he, he wants this girl, but he doesn't want her to interfere with like his rock star life. Well, I don't. Okay, I, I I see what you mean, but for me, like the the first verse, you know, downtown we walk the streets. It's I feel like that's from the perspective of the the lady of the night, the pirate, you you might say, and then I've been up, and then the second verse is more of him after the. It's after that. It's after that night after he's had his 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 time with the lady of the night, and then him him had falling in love with her or just being infatuated with her, but knowing, but also like, you know, she's not, she doesn't give two shits. She got her money. She's essentially the pirate of the, the scenario. I feel like that's what it is I, to me that, that I think it could be viewed from that way as well. And don't forget like the whole pirate theme 
like the entire the entirety of the song that is based around is that that beer chugging, you know, mm-hmm. hand with your with the glass left to right, left to right, the shanty, the lot dot da part. <laughs> you imagine yeah. pirates, and then yeah. you imagine like boys drinking after a night, like oh yeah, this fucking girl, bah, 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 and they're singing along together, like that's. <laughs> I don't know that kind of camaraderie. I think is is getting across here, and the only part of the song that's different is the "You're So Precious" song, the, the the "You're So Precious" part. That's the only part of the song that's fucking different, and it's 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 interesting that the only part of the song that's slower, that's more dramatic, is "You're So Precious." He's now he's not even talking about himself, which is he loves to do. He's not mm-hmm. talking about himself. <laughs> he's saying "You're so precious," so that's why I think that it's about. It's about drinking, but there's like a there's a there's a subverted love song here. Okay, I could see that. I I, I, I could see your viewpoint. I also feel like uh, lyrically on this record, he's very he he talks a lot about he talks negatively a lot about himself, which I was surprised about. Like I thought there would be a little bit more. Of, I think it's like, tongue in cheek though. I think he's full of shit. You think so? Okay. Absolutely. I do. Uh, I I I tried real hard at this because. I wanted to pick apart everything he said because he irritates me so fucking much. <laughs> and and I I think he does. I I think he's I think he talks tongue in cheek about himself. Like, oh, I'm I'm a drug addict. <laughs> I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> but he's secretly he's he's a douchebag. He's a fucking asshole. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's other songs that I I have examples and citations. And we'll get into that. We'll get into interviews. That. So, um, real quick, uh, we'll, we'll talk about, I want to, I want to play, uh, something from friend of the pod, Ryan, he, um, we'll, we'll get more into like why he did this after, but he recorded a few acapella versions of some of the songs off of this record. And, uh, and his favorite I know was, was this song pirates. So, um, I'll, I'll play it real quick and then we'll, we'll kind of talk about why he did this and the stupidity of it. So Here's a here's Ryan and his cover of Pirates. Downtown, when you walk the streets, so beautiful inside. Don't just seem stressed, I'm touching too. Don't make me my In a bold night, so glamorous. Waiting for your call, said a long time to go. You know you're always on to make it. I wanna know. Don't take me, take me far. Hey, hey, wanna be a star? Cutting up my sky. Such a thing for the sense of God. But in nature, I say, All right, there you go. There's there's a little bit of our uh, friend of the pod, Ryan, with his, uh, his cover version of Pirates. So, Man. <laughs> it's rough. It's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while. It's been a while. <laughs> He, you know, he he has a keen ear, though. Like some of those, like <laughs> those higher inflections in the voice in the chorus. Yeah, yeah. Like there's, you know, it's there. Like he's trying, but at the same time, like you, you got to know the lyrics, right? For one, <laughs> I know. <laughs> like this ain't karaoke at the Tomcat Lounge. Like you got you got to know the lyrics for one. I know, I know. So. He didn't decided not to have the lyrics in front of him. Just kind of. Respect, I, I, I know he was listening to it with like an earbud 
and then singing along with the song. So, oh man, dude, it's, I mean, the first time he started, because like, he, he was doing this like a month prior to doing the Bullet songs. He did like Cherry Pie. Why did Warren. he start doing this? I don't remember. I don't remember. That's this the is big, like, that's, I didn't understand. Why did he start doing this? I don't know. And this is like 2006 when he started doing this. And uh, yeah, he did Cherry Pie by Warrant. He did uh, uh, Break Stuff by Limp Bizkit, Hero by Enrique Iglesias. Yeah, it was uh, it was it was it was funny, um, and he did it all with like a really cheap uh, computer microphone, and <laughs> it was so stupid. And for whatever reason, he wanted to to do the bullet stuff, and he did. And oh my god, dude, it was so it caused I mean, the first, a lot of controversy. I did. So he this is back when MySpace was was very it was huge, and he created a, a whole a my MySpace profile called Ryan versus the Bullets. And it was a very poorly photoshopped picture of him <laughs> with his fist in the air over like like a promo picture of the of bullets. And of course he went on to like the bullets of MySpace and he started friending everybody who was friends with Bullets and Octane at the time. And he got so much hate, like like legitimate hate. And it was I mean, just reading all the people commenting and just saying like you're shit, like what is wrong with you? Why would you do this? Is like so offensive to the band and like he got a lot of shit. I mean, <laughs> rightfully so, rightfully so. But it was—I mean, he obviously was all trolling. This is like the the early early days of trolling. Dude, I know he's like a pioneer. Dude, it was—I mean, at the time, you know, we we were—it was two thousand six, like or two thousand five, or no, two thousand six. Yeah, we were like fucking yeah, 18, 19. Facebook wasn't a thing. This is like all MySpace, and there wasn't like real trolling at the time. So he was—he was revolutionary in in the uh, in the trolling game. But I'll, I'll post I'll post that that really bad Photoshop picture, which was like that was all intentional too. Like it wasn't he put like no no real like effort into any of it. It was just all to fuck with people, and it worked, man. It worked really well, and the band never acknowledged it or anything like that. <laughs> it was it was so good. <laughs> it was so funny. So well, I'll play a couple more of his covers because they're um, they're so great. So. Yeah, they're 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 delicious. <laughs> All right, so uh, what? So that was your one B was pirates, right? Yeah, that's, that's how is it not your one B? Well, it's just not. It's the, that's the stupid. The, the best song is the opener, "Save Me Sorrow." Like, do you think you're a cool guy or something? Oh, I'm, like, why? I'm why like is one pirates of the coolest guys ever? B? Are you, you like, try it? Is this you trying too hard? Is pirates your two B? No. Okay, you're, now you're being a cool guy. Okay, I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha, you. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. Sorry, you're right. Also, my pirate, my pirates is also my three B, a four B. Because it's too popular for me to put on my one B, so, oh, so I will also do what you're doing. <laughs> oh, I, I forgot to even ask at the beginning. Do you have any stingers on this record? No, I mean I have I have one song that I'm glad return. I, I guess. Oh, okay, the closer. Yeah, I, I'm glad. I'm glad it's the closer. It doesn't. It doesn't do much. It doesn't even try. But yeah. Okay. Like the reason it's still a banger for me is because of the last part. Like I said earlier, it fucking rocks, dude. It's like the second solo in Paradise City. It just gets yeah. fast. It gets fun. Everyone's having a good time, and it's a good closer. But it is. It is. Other than that, no. I uh, that's that's the closest I got to a non-banger. Well, how many bangers do you have? I got ten bangers. Oh, you got ten bangers. Okay, ten including Return, right? Yes, Return is my ten. Okay, beat. I'm surprised. I'm surprised you have so many bangers. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, I, I would, that 
that surprised me because I have ten bangers as well. So, I'm not uh, surprised. You probably like meticulously put pirates in like a certain spot. Like, how can I? How high can I how put can pirates I... to not make it seem like I'm a fucking, <laughs> I'm a I'm a cuck for the popular stuff, but I want to put it a little bit low to make it seem like I'm a cool guy. So what is pirates? Like your four? Three. It's my three. It's my three. Uh, it's my three. Uh, three. Three is a good um, spot. It's a, it's the the only spot. I will say though, um, just real quick on the on the CD version of this record, there's a song called Places that was actually track seven. So there's actually supposed to be eleven songs on this record, but the song places is not on Spotify. It's not on, it's not like on the YouTube version of this record. It's like almost been like almost erased. <laughs> like it, it's really Damn. weird. And, and I, I mean, I've listened to that. I mean, it's, that is the worst song on the record is places. So I can understand <laughs> why they removed it. But regardless, it was, it's, it was part of the original track list of this album. Even when you go on Wikipedia, even on Wikipedia places is not on Wikipedia listed as a track on this. But it 100% was on, on the CD and everything. So I wanted to throw that one That's out there. That's bizarre. I had this Very CD weird. too. I don't, I mean, I, I've yeah. no, places, no idea. It was, but. it was track seven. Yeah, it was track. It, it, it was in between professional victim and bad things to bad people. Hmm. So, but it was like, it was the ballad of the record. So, uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm not going to play that song. It, I mean, you can find it on YouTube, but I'm, I'm not going to play it. But anyway, yeah, my, my one B is save me sorrow. The opener, it starts off with that, that alarm sound <laughs> that's, or the siren, I should say. And, um, the, the drum intro comes in and it just, the fucking song explodes. Like it's, I think this is like one of the, the mo it is, it is a perfect opening to a record. Like you can't, it's 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 just so perfect that build up into the riff and then it kind of like goes it like kind of dives back into the verse and like kind of slow not slows it down but it kind of brings it down in the verse and then it builds itself up again do this the, the song is just it's it's perfectly written honestly it's perfectly written and then they re-recorded it on for in the mouth of the young which is fucking stupid yeah, that's but, fun. You love that kind of shit when they re-record stuff. No, I don't. Bands put out the no. same song over and over. You love Welcome to Paradise. You love all that stuff. Get out of well, here. Well, obviously the dookie version of Welcome to Paradise is better than the Kerplunk version. Uh, Come on. Same fucking Don't be thing. stupid. But you know it's better, right? Nah. You know it's... Come on. That that was a stupid example. Nah. Like You tried to nah. be cool and smart, but it didn't nah. work for you. But uh, yeah, Save Me Sorrow. Should we play a little bit of it and then talk about it? Or what do you think? I mean, yeah, play it. Can we just at least acknowledge that usually when a band starts an album with a fucking siren? That's so Stupid. cheesy. It's so <laughs> dumb. It's it, because it's always uneventful. That's what that's what the problem is. Like a siren. When you hear a police or, or fire or whatever siren, it's because something is happening. Yeah. And so when you start an album like that, nothing ever fucking happens. But that's not the case here. Yeah. <laughs> something something happens. Like it gets it's, you pumped. Like you get a, pumped. It's a good it's a good build, and it's it's it uh, yeah build just enough, just mm-hmm. enough. It and I, it's it's Ty's drumming. His, his drumming, I think, is it's so cool and unique on this entire record. Honestly, he has some really really great parts that are really underappreciated. It sucks. It really does. But. Yeah, man, this is a good one. So here's uh, here's Save Me Sorrow from Bullets and Octane. Here we go.
There you go. A little bit of Save Me Sorrow from the Bullets and Octanes. Dude, that's dude, every just the, the cool little guitar. I don't even want to call them leads, but guitar parts in the verses. Like it's, I don't know, man. It's, it's not like typical, like let's just palm you the, the verses and then go into the open chords in the, in the choruses or anything. It's just like cool things, man. It's just, it's a great fucking song. That's, that's Perfect what, song. that's what makes this album so great is because of the simplicity in the dueling guitars. Yeah. But yeah. that's also what makes subsequent albums lame is that they never got better. So like in this True. song specifically, it's, it's, I mean, first of all, like, like there's a, there's a short break in the, in the guitar riff in the, in the, in the intro. And the second time around in the intro, you can hear Ty hit that, that floor Tom all by yeah. himself. Oh, I love that. That's like one of my favorite parts of the whole song. <laughs> it's just so everything fucking stops. cool. <laughs> I really, it's, just, it's so quick. I mean, we're talking like a millisecond is just, just yeah. one hit and it immediately goes back in. But, but the palm meets are fucking good. The palm meets are good. And the guitar yeah. turns in like those, those open sh- short cut off like almost offbeat notes type of thing going on and it's i don't know it's 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 simple it's very simple it's very very dumbed down they're not i don't want to say that they're bad at playing guitars but like this is not this is just simple shit this is like 15 year old garage band stuff but it's like they know how to write a good song a good structured song you know it's like you don't need to be flashy you don't need this or that you just need to play to everybody else and i feel like that's that's this song yeah dude in the second verse right that they're letting those notes ring out yeah and they're just letting the bass sort of kind of shine through and mm-hmm. the bass really never gets his time other than like a handful of of excerpts in various yeah. songs and which so is when fine you, yeah it's i mean like nobody's like a fucking fantastic virtuoso at their instrument but they get their own time to shine and that's Mm-hmm. And that's cool. And this is the opening track. It's, it's a killer rock it's and roll song. Such a cool opener. It's such a cool opener. Yeah, it's fantastic. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So, um, but would you got anything else musically on it? Or no? I, I will say real quick. Like li- every time I listen to it, it it immediately takes me back to every bullet show I've been to, and them starting with this song. Like this is the opener of their shows. For the most, well, not every time, but a lot of the times it was the opener of their shows. And just, you know, you hear the alarm go off and then you see everybody kind of walk out onto the stage. You see Ty come out, start hitting the the, the toms and, you know, everybody just kind of like, it just the, the buildup was so cool and just that whole experience. And then when everything comes in at once and just explodes, I remember just the venue just going absolutely insane. Not just the pit, but everybody in that venue would just go off. Like, it was, it was so, it was just so cool and just, I mean, yeah, it was, there were smaller venues, but so many bands, even at small venues, couldn't pull that off. It was just this really cool excitement to their, to their set. And I don't know, they were, they were great. They were really great at the time. <laughs> they were, they were, they were damn near perfect at the time. And, mm-hmm. and it was just a, a, I don't know, like seeing some bands that were, had really, really good music, but just no showmanship. Yeah, but it's still a fun show because the music can carry the the performance. Mm-hmm. But here you have like phenomenal showmanship and then phenomenal music. And it was <laughs> just it was damn damn there were good shows. Yeah, there's so much fun. So, uh, what what do you got lyrically on this one? Uh, 
I, I got the, this, this one I wrote a lot about. I, I got the feeling here that it was kind of about him reminiscing on when he was younger and how the whole world was like open to him. And now in his older age, he realizes that slowly he's becoming someone he never set out to be. Mm-hmm. He's sort of like drowning in my own existence type of feeling. Interesting. Okay. For instance, the line of waiting in a sea of destruction, sort of implying that he's only like waist deep in the shit. Mm-hmm. Not like full on, but it's a, you know, like a slow burn. Like when you get into it, like the older you get, you don't just dive into the deep end of the pool. You sort of, you know, walk down the stairs, slowly go in, slowly make yourself into the deep end. If you ever even put your head in the water. Okay. And then the second verse is a little more in line with like the drowning thing and, and who he is now. He talks about trying to figure out who he you know, he, ta- he talks about trying to figure out why he's plagued with troubles only to see his younger self next to him. And he pleads with his younger self, like the, the whole save me sorrow, that's that's to not let the events unfold that will eventually lead him to become who he is now. Like he's, This song is like him telling his younger self, like, bro, save me. Save yourself by saving me. Don't make mm-hmm. these mistakes that will eventually lead you to become me. And then when he says that he sees what he fears in front of him, like he's literally seeing his younger self and then he's he's saying that he needed to save himself, his younger self. It's like a passing mm-hmm. of blame almost too to his younger self. Like I, I'm the way I am because of what I did a lo- like long time ago. Yeah. And that's that's also like another addiction thing is is to pass the blame constantly rather than take what you could take charge of, of what's happening in your life now. You mm-hmm. you he's saying I'm the way I am now because of the mistakes I've made in the past, but not not trying to fix them now. He's just like, ah, fuck it. Yeah. I I, started this album. I I'm with you on that. I think it's, it's purely about drug addiction. I think everything about this is about drug addiction and, and him wanting to, to go back to the way he was as, as a kid, you know, before all of, you know, before he started making all the bad decisions. Um, I don't, I don't know if I necessarily see where you're like passing the blame on, onto other people. Um, no, I feel like, on, oh, okay, onto himself. He's okay. blaming his younger self rather than taking responsibility for his for, his his current his self. His current self, yeah. Okay. Actions. Okay, yeah. Then that, that makes more sense. That makes a lot more sense. But yeah, so uh, that's kind of that's kind of what the verses are like. The first that's what the verses are, and then the chorus is all night long, all night long, over and over tonight. It's like him just repeating the process. But then you know, once he's sober and, you know, he wakes up, he's, he's full of regret and he doesn't, he doesn't want to do this again, but the addiction is so strong that it's just this, this terrible cycle, um, that he's just going through and experiencing. So that, that's kind of, that's kind of how I feel about it. And I mean, it is a very negative way to start out the record and then throwing that with like the excitement of the, the opener is it's an, it's an interesting choice for sure. Oh man, it's that's a banger. It it really it really is truly a banger of a song. It's, yeah, I mean, I've I've no I've no arguments there. It's a banger. And and I will say too, like I don't really I don't I feel like his lyrics are kind of they're not they're not like super deep or like they're not very I don't know they're they're whatever to me. I don't I don't feel like they're anything spectacular like when we're when like when we did the thrice record like i was blown away by dustin's lyrics on that or like like circus survive you know anthony green's lyrics but like i don't know this one is just 
it didn't it just didn't hit me the way i thought it was gonna hit me i thought it was gonna be honestly thought it was gonna be a lot more fun but i think i was basing that solely off of my experience with the band and going to their shows oh like, I, I, didn't, I, I didn't expect I fucking it to be this knew dark. for sure this guy was gonna have a midlife crisis during this this album because that's <laughs> every show seemed like he was having a midlife crisis <laughs> but but overall i think i think uh i think he's a liar i i think he's i think he's kind of full of shit i think he i think he writes songs based off of what a rock star should write mm-hmm. but also grapples with the feeling of actually not liking who he is as a person but okay. because he wants to be a rock star so bad he's going to be addicted to drugs because that's what rock stars do. He's going to yeah. drink a fuck ton of alcohol after every show because that's what rock stars do. And I think this, uh, I think he's just like disingenuine to himself. Yeah. To himself. Yeah. I, I can, I, I, I understand what you mean by that. That's sad. And, uh, maybe he just never kind of grew out of that. Who knows? Who knows? Or maybe I don't he just know never personally. had any, any support system next to him to be like, dude, like, you don't have to do this, bro. Yeah. I will say every single time I've met and hung out with him, he was so nice and he was so funny and very, very sarcastic. Like I, I have, I never had a bad experience at any time I ever met the guy. But that's He's, like the same stuff people said about Robin Williams, right? Like every time I met Robin Williams, he was so nice and he was so yeah. outgoing and he was so fun. So, I mean that, I don't know. I've, Face value from what I've seen him perform live, retrospectively looking back on live performances, reading these lyrics, I see a very, very troubled man who is asking for help, but not fully asking for help. Yeah. I think he's masking it in a rock star life. And I feel bad for him. Yeah, too. Yeah, I I do too. I I do too. It's, uh, I I, I don't want to say emotionally underdeveloped like we say about Mark Hoppus, but. Why not? He's for sure emotionally yeah. underdeveloped. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. It's all right. Um, do we got anything else on, on Save Me Sorrow? No. Okay. Should I play a little bit of the Ryan? Because he did cover this one too. Alarm and all. <laughs> siren and all. <laughs> did he do, he did the all. siren, didn't he? He did the siren, yeah. Oh, he did geez. the siren. You got to play the siren then. Okay. So so here's a, here's, here's a short clip of uh, the Ryan. It's not just Ryan. It's the Ryan. And uh, his cover of Save Me Sorrow. Fear defies my pain and pleasure. 
There you go. There's a. Uh, there's the cover <laughs> from the Ryan. Yeah, that's uh, that's a cover. <laughs> sure. <laughs> the side, dude. It's the siren that gets me every time. The siren, the drums. It's oh man, it's it's like, it's it's how he doesn't think about how he's going to do make musical <laughs> sounds before he does it. It's just first thought, best thought type yeah. of thing. Oh, don't say bam, bam, bam. <laughs> those, those, those were those, those, those. That's the bread and butter of the songs. <laughs> I do remember him saying that he never rehearsed it prior. It was all off the cuff, all off the cuff. I never would have guessed. <laughs> uh, he does hit some pretty. So he hits some moments that I was surprised at, like timing wise and and stuff like that. It was he. He had a thing going. Like this is there. It's solid. He does. He does pay like homage to the original song and adds his own <laughs> twist to it. There were there was a there was more good to be said than bad, but like the, even the bad that were that we're saying is is in its in in its design. It's designed to be bad. <laughs> it's so good. It was fun. Ah. Uh. All right, so what do you got? What, what do you got for your two B? Two B sweet dreams for me. All right, what do you? I mean, so so why? Just that that drum intro, the doom, like just like yeah. Kind of first the, of all, drum guitars. roll in. I always love drum rolls in I'll, I'll, mm-hmm. every time. Don't care, yeah. but but that that intro is 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 so unnerving. It's fucking weird. It's just like you know it's building up and just it's a little uncomfortable. And those little lead parts, those like dueling guitars. Oh, so, so dumb, good. so cheesy, so dumb. But like <laughs> again, so they're just having fun, just having a good time, just a bunch of friends rocking out. Like I dig, and the song just keeps <sighs> like it, the song just rocks and it keeps its momentum at all times. It never slows down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, love it. <laughs> I do too. I I love this song too. It's it's not. It's a little bit lower on my B list, but that's fine. It's my seven. It's my seven B. Yeah, it's a but, popular song, so that's why it's just so low. Dude, oh my god, you're the worst. There's just, just so like many pick other all, better songs. You just pick like what? What's your two B? My two B is "Waste Away." Wow, that's a good song, man. That's a that's, six B for me. See, that's where you're wrong and stupid. Uh, okay. But but we'll, we'll we'll get into that next. But "Sweet Dreams," uh, my favorite part is that that kind of dueling guitars that dun, wait yeah it's just like that that stupid scale like very short scale and and then that dunnut dunnut and then it goes just that 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 start and stop into the the chorus oh it's so good uh and the back and forth between because like because if you, if you actually like really listen to it you can hear uh gene's voice which is a lot cleaner and then you could hear sky's voice which is actually a lot grittier and and there's so much back and forth between Gene and Sky on this record. It's really cool. Like it's, I, I dude, I wish Sky would have been in the band longer. Jack, uh, Sky and Jack were in the band longer because they brought like so much more like blues and like weird things to the band. And then just like the whole kind of back and forth between Sky and Gene was so good. It was so good because, like going back to Pirates, the La Da Da part that was all Sky. Like all the vocals, all the La lot that dot parts were sky on vocals none of that was gene and he he the way the way he complimented gene vocally was was really good on this record it was very very good and that's another thing that was kind of lackluster about the records after was that there was no there was no good like harms or just cool backup vocals not like this record at least it's a little bit more this record is a little bit more complex 
than everything okay. else. Okay. Well, compared to everything else, it. yeah. Yeah, compared to everything. I'm not saying like, you know, fucking prog shit or even like Taking Back Sunday kind of stuff, but it, I mean, it's a little bit more complicated than what they were doing after this. But. Yes. But yeah, Sweet Dreams. Killer fucking song. Should we play a bit of it or? Well, you don't like it, so we don't have to play it. No, I do. It, no, I want to play it. Dude, I'll play every fucking song on this record. You said I love it's a stinker, record. so that's fine. But dude, you know, I would never say that about bullets. You know, I'd never say that about the revelry. No, but about <laughs> you bullets, know, I would say, you, you know, I would never say that about the revelry. Okay. Yes. So should I play it or? Yes, fucking play it. Okay, dude. Why are you? I don't know. It's my two B. Are we not playing two Bs anymore? Two B or not two B? <laughs> <laughs> There it is, a little bit of sweet dreams from Bullets Noctane. You're to be, to be or not to be. Um, just that 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 bridge too. It's just like it's so heavy and dude, Ty's Ty's drumming is is killer in this song as well. Like you said, with, starting with the drum roll and it's solid, man. It's solid back and forth between Sky and Gene. Forget about it. Forget about it. There's, there's a lot of stuff on this album that Ty does that I really, really like. I like he mashes in a lot of drum fills mm-hmm. that uh, they're super quick. They're not they're not extended like rolls. They're just maybe like three or four hits. Yeah. And then he does a lot of the and a couple other songs too that we'll get into. Maybe if we get there, but like just like a one-two bass snare, bass snare. But right before he hit the snare, he hit another bass. It was like bass bass snare, like yeah. that type of hit he does a lot of that too which i think make the song a little bit more danceable in that yeah. that aspect i like that i dig I, would, I, I agree with you on that i i do speaking of ty i remember uh <laughs> i remember like right after this record had come out or no right when yeah it was right after this record come, had come out and Guttermouth had posted on their myspace or obviously jim adkins had had wait jim no Ad- no, Mark. oh my, Mark! Jesus Christ, dude! <laughs> what Imagine is Jim Atkins and Gunnar Mouth. Are you kidding? Oh my God! <laughs> but but notice how I after I said it, I immediately realized that's not right. <laughs> but uh, but right after 
this album had come out, Mark had come out of Guttermouth and said, just straight up like talking shit on Ty. Like, why would you leave like this successful punk band for some unknown rock and roll band that sounds like shit? It was like, like he just like tore Ty apart on MySpace, like a MySpace message or like bulletin or something on Guttermouth's page. Just like totally talking shit on him about it. It was pretty great. Like he just fucking hated Ty for doing this, for leaving the gutter mouth. That's, I mean, that's just like, that's such bad taste. But it's Mark. also Mark. <laughs> but that's what he But does. like Mark, Mark will shit talk somebody for, for, for good reasons or no reasons at all. Mm-hmm. But to shit talk somebody for like aspirations is, is a little, a little bit out of character and in very bad taste. Uh, I wouldn't. I don't know if I'd say out of character, dude, because Mark just, will make fun of people fuck. for like what they wear, what they look like, things that they can't really help themselves. I guess, but but they can. Not what you <laughs> look like. You can't help what you look oh, like. Yeah, what you wear, you can. You can. That, that's true, but I don't know, man. To, for, Mark's for him just a to, dick. <laughs> yeah, a fucking dick. But to blast Ty for leaving the band for some other band, I don't know. That's. That's a little weak. And I got yeah, a low bar yeah. for Mark. Yeah, you do. Yeah, true, 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 true. Yeah. Um, also, there was only one music video from this album, and it was for Sweet Dreams. It was just a live performance video from Chain Reaction It was in Anaheim. terrible. And I was there. I was at that show when they it filmed the video terrible. for Sweet Dreams. So I'm not in the video, but I was literally, I was right, right Nobody's next to the Nobody's in the, the video stage. except for Gene. No, that's true. That's a good point. <laughs> Dude, the video is awful. Like, why not even it just is. like re-record like a live version of it? It's just, it's just, it's Gene with no shirt on the entire time. That's all you need, Gene it's without a shirt. Awkward. <laughs> it it doesn't match like the energy because their live shows are not what they what they sound like on record. It's, they're one of those bands where you hear them and they're like, oh, this band rocks on record. Then you see them live and like, holy fuck, dude, this band really rocks. Yeah. And the the. The music video doesn't get that across. It's True. bad. It's not a good I, music video. I will say too, like even like watching some videos on on YouTube, like old ass videos on YouTube, it doesn't really capture the 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 scene. You know, like that the, that show. You know, like just being there and just the craziness of it all was. I don't know. It, it's it's different on. It's definitely much different on video than it was. At the yeah, time, tame. or it could just be nostalgia. I don't know. Maybe it's all nostalgia. No, it's fucking tame. <laughs> it is tame, tame, tame. I remember just that Viper Room show that Renee went to. I, I I remember getting there late, and bullets had already gone on. They're maybe in their first or second song. Yeah, I think it was like the second you guys. Song. You guys were already in the front. And I said, like, "Oh, cool, let's go." And then like I was, I, I had Renee's hands. Let's go to the front. And like she's no, there's like a hundred people in the way. Like no, it's totally cool. Like let's just push our way to the front. It's fine. And she, she was like so it. adamant, like, no, there's no way. But I was like, dude, everyone's cool. Don't worry about it. And it was fine. It was like <laughs> butter. It was like cutting through fucking butter. Like we went straight to the front and found you guys. It was no problem. Yeah. That it was wasn't a great like show going too. to watch fucking Pennywise where you push your way to the front and some fucking Nazi tries to elbow you in the face. <laughs> I remember too at the time for like years and at the Viper Room show, like this guy... This guy was before that Viper Room show. Like he was there in the the days when I first started seeing him, or when you and I first started seeing him. Is that remember he was like that big, I think Samoan guy, and he was he was probably pushing four hundred pounds, if not more Ooh. than that. And every time Gene would Gene would say like, 
I forgot his the guy's name, but Gene would always like point him out and say, "Hey, you're you're controlling the pit. Make sure everyone's good." And he would literally just stand in the back of the pit. And if anybody fell or if anything happened, like he would, he would break up any <laughs> sort of shit. And he was a big fucking guy too. And he was just a fan of the band. He was no, he was he wasn't security or anything. He just liked being just there. A and he was really fucking big dude. Yeah, and he was there. I remember he was there at the Viper Room, and he was there at the Roxy show we went to, um, and you know all the shows at Chain. So. Um, and then when I saw my glass house too, the few times I saw my glass house, you know, he was that, that big dude was always there. He was super chill, super nice guy, but yeah, he was big, big, big dude. <laughs> but yeah, so that, I don't know. I just did this band so many fucking memories with them, but regardless, sweet dreams is a, is a killer fucking songs video is obviously silly, but shit, I was there. I just like to say that I was there okay. making okay. history, making history, right? Yeah. Um. So, uh, what, do you got do you got anything else on Sweet Dreams? Or do, wait, that do is we, it, babe boy. Did we talk about the the lyrics? Uh, wait, we did. Yeah, we wait. Did we? Um, I, I didn't remember. delete it, so I don't think so. Oh no. Let, let, okay, then let's get. Did I don't think not? we did either. No, no, we didn't. We didn't. Uh, so what do you got? I, what do you got? This was. I don't know. I didn't write a lot about this one. I thought this was just about hiding something from someone you care about. That that was. Okay. That was it. Being sneaky, <laughs> like thinking I, he's saving somebody from his own personal issue. I don't know by hiding it. I felt like this was uh, this was about him tweaking. I, I don't know if he was ever a tweaker, but I feel like this is about him, him tweaking and never sleeping. How his eyes are just soulless because there's he just that like that's ta- the the addiction has taken over his life and he wants to he wants to be better and feel better, but the addiction is just too much for him. So it's like this cycle, like once again, a cycle of him being kind of shitty or, or, or a cycle of, of the addiction that he's, that he's going through. That, that's what I got with this, but I got a lot of tweaker stuff, a tweaker like feelings on this one. Addiction. Yeah. Addiction. Right? addiction. But, but it's like, the, like th- the sweet dreams part, the, 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 the literal sweet dreams is I like what, what, how would you incorporate that into the? I feel like okay, so so there there are moments like where he's talking about how he how he can never sleep, like he he just I feel like being up for days, and then the sweet little dreams, my darling, sweet little dreams tonight. I feel like that's like him reverting back to a child and his mother telling him like sweet dreams, sweetheart, or or whatever. So it's like him trying to go back to an innocent time, even though he's like completely you know addicted to whatever, you know speed math whatever it is but then he he wants to feel that sort of relief and relaxation and so he's kind of like kind of he's kind of going back and forth between modern day and and being a kid of his mom or like somebody comforting when he was a kid like grandma or something you know sweet little because nobody says that to like a significant other like sweet little dreams my darling or, or like nobody says that unless you're like you're like it's a very old school thing a very midwestern old school thing to say so I feel like it's him going back to his his childhood and trying to like okay. feel better about himself. That that's how I felt about this song. All right, all right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right, all right. That's how I feel. So uh you got anything else on this one or what? No. That was uh that's about it. That's about it. So um so then I guess my two B. Yeah. Waste Get into away. That. Waste away, man. Yeah. This is one of the, this is very late in the record. So wrong, like like Why literally. I, because I think that it's your two B, so you could just say what you just said. 
because it's so no. late the record. No, I, I think was that's just like literally why no. it's it's your two B. No. no, 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 no. I think I think the guitar playing is some of the coolest guitar parts on this record. And not only that, the 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 chorus, the That's waste, it, no, 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 and then the waste away, like that, that gang vocals, and then you hear Sky come in with his little part, and then Gene, it's like it's like this. If you really listen, it's like this cool back and forth between Gene and Sky on top of the gang vocals. Like it's a it's a very kind of like like com- no, I don't want to say complicated because it's not complicated, but it's just this very kind of cool pull push and pull of 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 different of the different vocals and everything like that. And I don't know, man, I, I think it's a really, really awesome song. And I, I just, I think that the guitar lead is really, it's so simple, but it's so interesting. And then you just jump into the, the palm mutes and then it kind of, you kind of hear it opening up a little bit as the verses continue. So it's not just like a normal palm mute or it is the normal palm mute for like one bar. And then it kind of opens up and up and up. And then it kind of explodes into that chorus. Dude, I, I think it's a fucking killer song. Such a killer song. Okay, this is this is my six B. That is so low. But what do you, what do you got about it? Because I, I this this entire song is based around the guitars. This mm-hmm. this song is based around the guitars doing opposite shit of each other, and it sounds great. And what I like about that idea is that they rarely ever meet to mm-hmm. just play the same power chords. They're always doing something different from each other, and I like. I don't like, for instance, one throwing out like a fast lead part with like lots of notes and the other one's just hitting like a four note downscale. Bam, 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 bam. And it's like that type of, like you said, push and pull. It's just, you have two guitars, let's use them. Let's make them do completely opposite shit of each other. Yeah. But aside from the waste away part, I don't know, there's really no melody to this song. I'm not saying that's a bad song. It's just a 6B for me. <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> e- even even during verses, like there's not usually it's never verses are never a hook. That's what the chorus is. The chorus is the hook. But that's, and I feel like the chorus delivers on that hook. The verses can be a hook, though. Like if you have a good they, enough song, yeah. the verses can be a hook. I, I think you're insane to think that pirates, sweet dreams, save me sorrow are not at least all in your four Bs. Well, save me sorrow is my one B, and pirates is my th- three B. What's sweet dreams? That's your six B. That's oh, fucking, that's my seven B. But that's fine. that's stupid. That is that is, <laughs> that is unintelligent. That is strictly that's fucking that's insane. Unintelligent. Those three songs should be in your four Bs. Like so, like uh. those those should be untouchables. But then the first half of this album is clearly stronger than the second half. Uh, yeah, I would say so. Oh, well, I don't know. There's ten songs. Okay, I know, the f- I know. <laughs> Pirates, Saving Star, and Sweet Dreams, as we just discussed, are all in the top four. They're strong, yeah, but there's some great stuff in the later half, too. Like, of course there's great way, stuff Holding on, half. bad things. Fuck, oh, my can't God. You just, you're like literally just picking deep cuts to try they're and not like, act like cut, you're a fucking dude. cool guy here. I, dude, obviously, Pirates things is, is my, my Bad Things beat. is not a good song. It's it's On the oh, course of this dumb. album, it's, so it's not that great of a song. I, I mean, you say so many dumb things, and this is one it's of the not. dumbest things you ever said. It's not. It is. It is. And, absolutely. And Waste Away, besides just yelling Waste Away like you're some kind of Davey Havoc wannabe <laughs> in, in the early days, like, that's it. It's fine. That's oh, so good. There's I didn't a, even make that Davey little, connection, but that's good. There's a little bass solo here. Dude, there's a there's another connection, too, that we'll get into at some point where they sound a lot like another band. Ooh, okay. I'm interested. 
So, uh, so, so let's play. I'm gonna play a little bit of "Waste Away." We'll get it. Jump into the lyrics real quick, and then we'll 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 move on. So here's a here's a bit of "Waste Away" from the Bullets. go a little bit of uh waste away from the bullets and octanes ah man dude what a what a fucking good song oh i love it so much so what do you got lyrically on this one there's i mean there's also a little bass solo kind of in there yeah kind of it's quick i mean it's it's a bass solo because you know it's like maybe three seconds four seconds tops Bass players never doom, have doom, 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 and that's yeah. all it is. It's like, that's fine. Then, it's yeah, like one. Know. It's one bar. Yeah, it's cool. It's fun. It's, it's cool though, man. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. It's fun. So, what do you got lyrically on this one? <laughs> I, I I thought this is another song where he's uh, I don't know. He's kind of a dick. Yeah, like, he thinks he's so. F- oh, like I think that's that's one thing that irritates me about him is he thinks he's so fucking cool. And it bothers me. Like everything about his persona. Yeah. I, but I feel me. like in this song lyrically, I, I agree with you on that, but I feel like that is related to his drug use and his addiction. And it's slowly kind of destroying him and his relationships, but he still feels like he's, he still has that, that, that cocky attitude, even though deep down you know, he knows it's because of the addictions. You know, like we keep talking about, actually, since I, I don't think I've said that often, but, like the addiction, it doesn't have to be like drug use. I think he's addicted to like being popular. What what would you call that? Being idolized, being Yeah. I I, being I mean gushed but that over. Would, that would that would be more about his ego, you know, his his I think ego that's being what he's addicted to more than any any drug or alcohol. I think he's addicted to the fame. Okay. I more could, than I anything. Could see that. And I that's could what, totally see that because it's just fuck, man. That's what he hit. The stupid little microphone too that he always had, <laughs> the, oh. the white taped microphone. Yeah, yeah, just the stupid masking tape microphone. It's just this but no it, shirt and the and like not not only was it just like no shirt, but he like specifically wore pants that were so low to almost like his wieners hanging out constantly. Oh. His butthole's always hanging out. <laughs> it's just like everything about him is just so. <laughs> 
it's so meticulous. It's so everything is just so his, planned out. It's so his irritating. His pants at some points, I remember. I, I specifically remember this. At some points, his pants were so low in the front that you could literally see at least half of his dick. Like it wasn't. Like it was gross. So like obnoxious. it was. It was. Yeah. It was. It was bad. I mean, the ladies loved it, but. It was just like, dude, you got to, you got to relax. If they were, I mean, if they were like putting out banger album after banger album after banger album, it's fine. Let it slide. I don't care. Keep doing you, man. But when you put out one good album, like, (laughs) and then fire, and then fire half the band, you need to reassess your situation. And that never happened. Like, he just, he leaned into it harder. Very obnoxious. (sighs) Yeah. But I mean, he for that for that for that couple years, man. That was his like it. It kind of made the show, you know. It's like it's that it was the showmanship that made those shows so interesting with him and everybody else. Like it, he knew how how to fucking whip up a crowd and just get everybody going. Yeah, absolutely. He was for the first he was couple a great of years. Front man. He was great a fantastic front man. Front man. But then after that first couple of years, it would like you said, it was just the same people showing up over and over, and that's fine. You have a loyal fan base, but you can't sustain yourself on only recurring fans. Much like a like a bar or a restaurant can't sustain itself on regulars, a band can't sustain itself on regulars. You need new yeah. people to come in. That's true. No, that that's that's a very good point. A good analogy for sure. But so pull your um, fucking pants up and write some better music, bro. <laughs> So I think I think that's all we got lyrically on this one. Um, yeah. You got anything else musically on it or what? Nah. Nah. So then, what was your three B again? Uh, Save me sorrow. Okay, we we touched upon that. I mean, we talked about that one. Uh, yeah. My three B was pirates. So, what's your four B? Uh, bring the house down. Ah, bring the house down, baby. All right, 4B. what do you got? It's probably like your nine B, right? What is your ten B? What is your least favorite song? Oh, return. No, 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Professional victim. Professional victim. I don't know why I said. Yeah, professional oh, okay. victim. What, what's, what, is, what is your 9B? Return? Return, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. oh, that's fine. Yeah. But yeah, bringing the house down. That was your four. That's my 5B. Bringing the house so, down was my 5B. Okay. Let's just, this one was interesting for me. I, I finalized my notes the other day, but then I listened to it again today, mm-hmm. and I had this like this epiphany here about this song. So <laughs> I, I like I, I like the riff in the chorus, right? It's it's not it's not entirely in line with the melody, like the vocal melody, like the, the, the instrumental riff. There's a lot of power chords that are adding to like the franticness of the song. Yeah. It's 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 there's a lot of notes being played. You know what I mean? Like a lot of chord like in blink, let's just say blink for instance, like damn it, you have like four chords the entire song. Yeah. Very basic stuff. But this one you're having fucking 10 chords for the chorus alone mm-hmm. and i thought like that's really cool but then i thought you know this is like this kind of shit that like noodles does from the offspring and then i thought you know what this song reminds me of like the offspring and then i thought this dude this is this song is the fucking offspring this song this yeah. song sounds so much like the offspring everything about it it's delivery all of the notes that are being played the melody over the instrumental stuff this song is an offspring song interesting I'm telling you, man, listen to this again after tonight. Listen to this song again and just think Offspring. This is a fucking Offspring song. Fuck, I've listened to this song a hundred times. 
Uh, I'm trying. I'm trying to make. Just, I'm trying to make the connection real the, quick. Just take out the intro part of him just like yelling at everybody. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, this is an offspring song. Bring the house down. You think yeah. so? Yeah, it's an offspring uh, song. I'll I'll re I'll I will reevaluate it. There's like ten different chords in the chorus alone that the guitar is playing. That's Noodles shit. Noodles does that better than like almost any rhythm guitarist out there in the punk community. Oh, there's more than that. Well, I mean, but you know what I mean. It's like that. That it's the the. Okay, I I don't know. I will. I mean, I'll I'll listen to it again and reevaluate it. But it came it came at me today at about four o'clock when I was at gymnastics. That's when it came <laughs> to me. I was like, damn, dude, this is an offspring song. While like you were it. at gymnastics. <laughs> yeah. I don't do gymnastics. I was just there. You were just there, yeah. Yeah. Watching. Which sounds like that kid was so at gymnastics. Bad. That yeah. sounds so bad. <laughs> Actually, to be honest, like I sit in the back at gymnastics because I think it's weird for me to even be there because a lot of parents drop their kids off. And mm-hmm. just leave, which I think is also kind of weird. Like, I get nothing else to do. I'm just going to stay. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know. Who the fuck cares? Like, wh- like, what are you doing that's so important that you can't stay for an hour just to watch your kids do a bunch of stupid flips and somersaults and shit? Like, you can't just sacrifice an hour? Like, really? So I yeah. stay, and I'm one of the few parents that stay. But, I mean, we're talking like 98% girls, females that are there working and doing gymnastics and 70% are, are, are young kids. So I always feel weird. So I sit in yeah, the back and I face like outside the door and I don't know. I feel like a creep. You're just there in <laughs> case anything happens. I guess. I hate right? it. I hate everything about it. Like with your Boring. own, your no own TVs. Like, you know, fucking TV. You can't put a TV in there. They're dirt cheap. But yeah, let's move on from the awkward gymnastics thing. And uh, Yeah. So bring the house down. So let, let's play a little bit of it and then we'll, I'll see. I'll see if I can kind of figure out what you're saying about the offspring thing, pick it up, pick it thing and then we'll talk about the lyrics. So here's a uh, here's "Bring the House Down" from Bullets and Octane. Nope, wrong song. Woo! Here we go. Bring the house down. There you go. A little bit of uh, bring the house down from bullets and octane. <laughs> uh, what are you laughing about? Just dude, just imagine for a second that like 
think like like original prankster that that intro. Yeah. Just that lick. Brand- oh, okay. Like okay, everything about okay, this okay, song okay. is very okay. offspring. Okay. Now that it, now that you did the original prankster thing, I can I can see the two intros being very very similar now. But then the chorus, dude, the chorus like there's like I think I think I counted seven or six, seven or eight different power chords being used. And if you listen to songs like like Come Out and Play <sighs> or, or any yeah. of like their best songs, it's not just two or three power chords. Like it's Noodles not, does, no, no, it's... he like he does really well at using a lot of power chords in their choruses to make him fun and exciting. And that's what's happening here. Yeah, in the there's song. like a lot of like um I don't want to say slides. True, and it's not like slides I want to say, but it, I I I do get what you mean, especially during the second chorus of Bring the House Down. There was a I could I could definitely hear the similarities in uh in the Offspring songs. But that that intro, now that you said, you know, that's that makes sense. The intro to original Prankster. This this went Dude, from like a wild this went from like a six or seven B to like a four B just because I thought I'm like that's so fucking cool. I don't know. It's that's just crazy. It's, I never even thought about that. Like the offspring have, have made a career out of writing songs like that and that's their unique sound. And for and yeah. like this is one this is kind of like the outlier on this album. This is the only time where they really utilize that many chords in a chorus and then really mm-hmm. kind of throw out throw out a riff in the beginning. And then incorporate it also later on in the song. True, I like and I it. feel like I also feel like the that that many because that many chord changes wouldn't work so well if it was not for the drummer. Like Ty's transitions between the different parts are just so I don't I don't want to say necessarily seamless, but they're just they work so well within the context of the song that damn dude they're killer. Like Ty Ty kills it on this on this song for sure. Like he's, he's like, all over the place, but in the best way. He's like the equivalent of what we would call like an A list B drummer. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. That's fair. You know what I mean? Like he's, uh, you know, I don't want to, he's not like, he's not, I don't want to put him down or anything, but yeah, he's no, not, he's no he, Neil Peart or anything. He's, he's, an he's A-list not a John B Theodore. Drummer. He's not a John Bonham. Um, Joey Jordison, obviously not that. But he's he's a killer drummer. Like he really is a a killer drummer. Like you can hear it in Guttermouth as well. Like Musical Monkey has some great parts on it. Uh, Eat Your Face, which is my one of my is my favorite Guttermouth album. There's some great parts on that record too. But he has some he has some really good parts. He's a good he's a good drummer. Really good drummer. He's a good drummer. He's a good drummer. Yeah. Good stuff. So what do you got lyrically on this one? Uh, bring the house down. This is him telling off the haters, right? And and continuing to be a rock star. But maybe it's a subconscious way of him telling the people who actually try and help him, like try mm-hmm. and help him get sober, or try and like Gene, you're you're pushing away people trying to wear your low rise pants and being an asshole. Maybe it's like a <laughs> subconscious way of him telling them to fuck off because he like he likes this lifestyle, even if it kills yeah. him. He wants to be a rock star. <laughs> Uh, okay. I, I, I like going through the lyrics right now real quick. I, I can see where I, I could see that, that perspective. I, what I kind of wrote down here was that this is like, this is a, a very toxic relationship, whether it be with a friend or a significant other, whatever it is. Um, and how he's just like a piece of shit and he knows it. 
He knows he's a piece of shit. He destroys it and doesn't really have any remorse for it. And that's what, that's what I get lyrically here. Like he's bringing the house down. It's just like him like purposely destroying the relationship because he just, he just doesn't give a fuck. Like he's kind of full of himself and he knows it and he destroys a, a relationship because of it. So that, that's, that's what I got lyrically on this one. This it entire is, album is, is focused around him being a douchebag. Oh yeah, totally. Totally. I, 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 you and I agree with, with that part of it, but how he is a douchebag or an asshole on this record is where you and I differ. I, I just, I, but I, the overall yeah, theme is the sure. same. The theme is the same. But I, I do think, I do think there's like like some semblance of a of a real person inside of him, and I think overall that's what he struggles with, is mm-hmm. wanting to like live his dream. And there's another song on here that literally talks about his dream in one hand and his past in the, the other. The past in the other. Yeah, and like that's that's like yeah. as basic as he can possibly be. I, I think that he struggles with wanting to be a rock star, but at the same time he thinks like being a rock star also encompasses just being a total douchebag. Yeah. That was, that was that, that line in fallen is Annie's favorite lyric. Oh God, come on. Yeah. Really? And yeah, it was. And oh, I remember, it's so lame. Yeah. Yeah. We, <laughs> her and I used to talk about it all the time and yeah, that was her favorite lyric. It <laughs> was that, that part in fallen. It's so funny. You bring that up. Yeah. She loved okay. it. I mean, it's, it's it's a good representation of what I've been trying to talk about and and say, but damn, it's it's uh, it's pretty <laughs> it's lame. Pretty... <laughs> <laughs> he says he holds lame. his dreams in one hand and his past in past the other. In the other, <laughs> but the way on, he bro. sings it too, it's like so cool. you're not you're not Christ, bro. Relax, put your fucking hand down. <laughs> like like you, you know what I mean? Because I I imagine like him whole extending his arms out and looking at both. As if he has his existential decision to make. It's like fuck off, dude. <laughs> Get out of here. Sit down. <laughs> uh, Falls a good so song good. though. Oh no, I'd love that song too. What, what what B is that for you? Fallen five five B five B. Okay, that's my six B. That's my six B. But I mean, we're we're just splitting hairs here because I I mean every song on this record is a B. So actually, the first five tracks are all my five Bs in various orders. But oh, okay, okay. Yeah. All right. Um, do you want to talk about anything else? Do you want to talk about more bees? I mean, I will say I, I did write something down earlier. Mm-hmm. You said, did you say Gene's a good drummer? Yeah, he is. He is yeah. did, did he ever play drums at a show? I don't remember ever uh, seeing him play drums. No, not at a show, but he played drums on the uh, on the fifteen record. But yeah. I, I've I've always seen videos of him playing drums prior to that record. Um, they're, they're, you can find videos of him playing drums on on whatever. Like he was, his dad is like a professional drummer, and I think his dad played with like Gene Krupa at some point uh, in time. So like he was. So that's was, annoying. Yeah, he he's been playing drums since he was like I think four or five years old. That that's annoying. That at any, I mean, I've seen them a lot of times now, and I I don't ever recall a time where Gene was like, this would just be a normal band. Like, like rivers does this at, at points and, and a lot of band the fucking Foo Fighters do it best. And it's just like, Hey, this is a, a song that somebody else wrote. I'm going to give them the lead. I'm going to go play a different instrument. Like but that's you know what I would never do that. I know that's fucking annoying. <laughs> that's so obnoxious. And the and and to think that he's a good drummer to boot 
Like, wow, what a fucking waste of talent. No, he, I, I honestly, I think he's a pretty damn solid drummer. Like, I'm, he really is. Better drummer than he is a guitar player. I don't know. I, I, I think he's, he's good. He's good for sure. He's a better drummer than he is a uh, normal pants wearer because he doesn't <laughs> wear them well. That's true too. That's true too. Um, do we do we want what, what do you want to do? What do you want to do here? Um, let this me just, let me let me see if I got anything else that I really want to. I mean, I don't I don't think so. The only other song I would want to talk about maybe would be "Bad Things to Bad People." Yeah, why do you like that song? Because I think the lyrics are really stupid, and it's a <laughs> fast song, and I, I don't know. It's just it's it's really a punch in the face, honestly. I, you it's know, be- what, it's because about- it's because I mean, even though the song that I'm going to mention came after, before he starts singing, it's Car Chase City. Like it reminds me of Car Chase City. <laughs> I could see that. I could see that. Yeah, <laughs> the pig slide. And it's like it's Car Chase City. Like that's 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 what it is. I love it. But it's it's a cool song. It's my nine B. But oh my God, it's my four B. Oh. But Return is my only borderline okay song. Where Bad Things like, to Bad People is still a banger for me. It's a it's a it's a through and through banger. And I, I like it because Gene doesn't do much. He he sort of speaks most of his lines. He doesn't really sing. But like the bass does his slide like mm-hmm. it's like this upward slide thing yeah. before the japanese hooker on prom night verse oh, and it's so good the the lyric the lyrics in this song are so silly and so dumb japanese hooker of, on prom night like what the fuck I know. Like, come on dude that's you you're better than this you're better than this that's pandering but I think that's I think that's the point of the song. I think the point of the song is to be excessive and just to be stupid and and funny. Because I mean, there are other stupid lyrics. I mean, obviously the one you said, "I've got more coke in me than a Japanese hooker on prime night." Yeah, like the the yeah at the end too is so silly and stupid. <laughs> but then also, you know, the the chorus, the first line in the chorus is, "I'll put your cat in the microwave. You live your life in the fishbowl." Like it's so it's so f- dumb, but it's so much fun to sing. So you have all that, and then leading back into the the second verse, you you have the you have you have him stuttering, baby. Like this, this hits every every just kind of like stupid cliche like rock and roll thing, but done in such like a fun, almost like tongue in cheek way. It's just a really fun song overall. It is. It is fun. I, I'm not going to deny that. It's definitely fun, and and that little guitar solo is rad. And is matched by that same bass scale up. Yeah. Oh, it's so damn good. This song is so good. That's why it's my 4B. It's my 4B. But It's not that good. But but like lyrically too, this is like, I feel like this is him just being arrogant and narcissistic, like through and through. But I think it's done in a tongue-in-cheek way. I don't feel like this song was ever meant to be taken seriously in any form, like musically, vocally, or musically, lyrically. It was never meant to be that way. Which would make sense if he wasn't a total douchebag. But the fact that this song is about him acknowledging that he is a bad influence on people, but he does it because he's a cool guy. He's a cool guy. Yeah. Man. If this was an outlier, then yeah, I, I would agree. But he's a fucking asshole. He's a dick. He's a douche. He's a, <laughs> a drain on everybody else around him because he refuses to accept that getting older is a part of life. And he needs to put a shirt on and write better songs instead of acting like a like some kind of 
he's not an attractive guy. The more I look at him, too, an <laughs> ugly sex symbol, <laughs> as he so Damn. desperately wants to be. Damn, I was, dude. Like when we when we when we see it, when the, when we used to see the shows, dude, we yeah. were there. We were there in the front, and I didn't mind like him drinking water and spitting on us. Like or I didn't mind that all over us, or us like yeah, or when he was shaking the his crowd, hair, he, he would grab him, yeah, yeah. Like I didn't yeah. mind that, but looking back on the videos, he's an ugly dude. He got a big head. He's just not an ugly guy, or he's not an attractive dude. <laughs> and I mean, I think all men are like repugnant, disgusting, but of there course, are men yeah, out cheery. there, like dude, like <laughs> you know, there are <laughs> men out there that I I I don't mind looking at. He is not yeah, one of them. Yeah, no, I I, I feel you in I any capacity. You. I feel you. <laughs> I don't care. All right. So, so do we, should we wrap it up? What do you think? Let's wrap it up, baby. Okay. We got so, through almost all of them except for like two songs. Yeah. No, you're right. We, we, we got through like a good chunk of this stuff. So, um, so what are your final thoughts? And then your rating on the album. Uh, and if you don't know out there, our, our rating system is three is a perfect album. Two is a good album. You're going to continue to listen to. One is a bad album, but give it a shot. And zero is a trash fire. So, what do you got? Go. I uh, I think, like you said earlier, and in, in it um, makes sense. This 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 album is a. It just didn't do well because of its time. It's 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 wrong. It's a right album at the wrong time, and it just came out at an unfortunate time. And 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 it's they never recovered. And it's a damn good album, just like objectively speaking in the rock and roll realm, like it's a damn good album. And so I, I, I think that like knowing you have something good and everybody like thinks they have something good, right? Every band starts off thinking, oh, this is a good fucking song. But yeah. like these guys had something good because they had a, a devout following of people wherever they went. They had something good. It just wasn't the right time for it. And True. they they did kind of make it in the sense where we talked about bands who want to make it big. Your next stop from playing garages is moving out to LA and playing the Viper room and the Roxy and sunset strip. They did. Yeah. Like they played these venues and they didn't play to nobody. They played to hundreds of people night after night, weeknights. Yeah. Like bullets and octane did it. They made it they just didn't have any kind of like longevity to them. They wrote the same shit over and over, but every time they wrote it, it got like worse and worse. <laughs> and instead of, I don't know, instead of, instead of trying to write like good songs, like Gene focused on being like a rock star. And that's sad. It's unfortunate mm. because this album needs more than it does. This album needs more than it's gotten. I should say much yeah. more. Yeah. Are, are we rating too? Like, I, no, I, no, that, yeah, no, no, oh, rating, no, yeah, that's go. Yeah. What, what you, what's your rating on it? Uh, I mean, this is a, this is a perfect album. It's obviously, oh, that's, yes. that's stupid. It's yeah. There we go. You know, it's 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 silly to think otherwise. To give me there any other, give me any other rock and roll album post the year two thousand that is as tight as this, but also as fundamentally basic but also melodic like the You're only other band it. the only other band that like comes close to this and in rocks like this like wolf mother i guess but they were no, they that, were they, they're for that that i'm fucking rocked 
No, I mean, yeah, the first album is pretty. It's it's, it's solid, but it's just, but it's not on the same. It's not on the same like 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 good old rock and roll. You know, like ACDC, yeah. Love Him or Hate Him. That's like good old rock and roll. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. like post like Chuck Berry era rock and roll. Like ACDC, that's rock and roll, man. Rock and roll, <laughs> man. Like Bullets Knocking is just good fucking ACDC styled rock and roll. It's good, man. But faster. It's like faster, faster ACDC. Like more energetic. Let's just say that. Maybe with, with like a better management company or a better like record label, they could have done more. Maybe honestly, maybe they could have changed the game. They but could have, yeah, yeah, yeah. The two thousand was just plagued with 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 emo, and all yeah. of its subgenres. Ah, it's such a shame, man. It is. It really shame. is. It really is. All right. So, so my final thoughts are obviously there, there's a lot of nostalgia attached to this with you, with friend of the pot Annie, with a couple other people. It, ton of nostalgia but like you were saying it's just like there aren't many bands post the year 2000 that sounded that had this rock and rock and roll sound that had this rock and roll style and and ah it is it really is the wrong place wrong time like it it just it just did not work out for them and i think even with the right the right backing with studios it it still wouldn't have worked because like you made a good point like at the time emo screamo you know all that that kind of stuff was that was prevalent at the time you know people were really into brand new they were into death cab they were into uh dashboard you know taking back sunday so on and so forth like it wasn't people were, were more interested at the time or at least record labels were more interested in like the sad stuff or the more emotional stuff but not necessarily the fun stuff and i feel like that's where bullets came in which they they worked really well at the time, but it wasn't sustainable within that that's the the whole music industry. And ah oh man, dude, this band could have been huge. Like honestly, they could have been huge. It's like I I would honestly compare them to like the Bomb Pops. Like when we did Death in Venice Beach from the Bomb Pops, had that record come out in two thousand one or two thousand two, that record would have blown up, but because it came out in 2020 and everything else, it just, it didn't have that same reaction. Amazing record, Death in Venice Beach, amazing record of the year for me, but I feel the same way about the revelry in 2004. It, like it, it should have been bigger than it was, but whatever. I mean, there's nothing you could do about it. It's just, it's, it's, it's done. It's donezo. It's been yeah. what fucking 16, 17 years. So, but like, but like, what really sucks is that it's not—it's not a forgotten gem, right? It's just—it's just forgotten entirely, yeah, right? Yeah, it's—it's it's completely forgotten, and that's what's I, frustrating. I've always been a staunch supporter of this particular record. Like, I don't push my music shit on a lot of people, um, unless they're just being annoying. Then I'll be an idiot, like with corn and shit, like with you. But, um, <laughs> but, but otherwise, you know, I, I don't really push my, what I like on other people unless I know that they're actually going to be genuinely interested. And unfortunately, like people just aren't really into this kind of music anymore. And it's a bummer because this is, this is a really rad record. Like, ah, I don't know, man. It's, it's truly, truly forgotten and it deserves way more recognition than it, than, than anything. And, I, I give this a three out of three. I think this is an absolutely perfect record. It 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 just checks all the boxes of what you would want from this kind of music, and 
it's perfection. It's absolutely perfection. What they were doing at the time live as well, it was just so, it was also very different within the, the Orange County music scene because at the time the Orange County music scene was very much, let's play like hardcore, like hardcore metalcore music because, you know, it was, it was a tray. You was bleeding through 18 visions, death by stereo. That was the Orange County music scene. That those were like the, the guys of the Orange County music scene and then throwing bullets in there. It's like, what the fuck is this? Like, why? It just didn't make any sense. It was, it's shitty. It's shitty, honestly, but deserves way more recognition, but whatever. What are you going to do? All so, you gonna do. that's all I got. We both give this a perfect rating, which is shocking because I mean, I don't do it. I don't give a perfect, perfect. Dude, rating all you often. do is give out perfect scores, except for I mean, every time I pick an album and give out 1.5s, I go census <laughs> fail, but that's fine. But all you do well, is no, give the out census perfect fail, scores. No, the census fail. I mean, that was rightfully so, rightfully so. So, uh, so that, that's all I got for this episode. I mean, you got anything else to say about the record or band? I do not. Okay. So uh, go to Apple Podcasts, go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at S9 Radio. Thank you all for listening to the podcast. Uh, keep on listening. And, uh, you know, that's it. That's all. A team bullet. Two bullets. Where it was like a cue card. I'm gonna take off my shirt right when we hit yeah. this note on this song, like every no, fucking time. It was. It wasn't. It wasn't take off your shirt. It's rip off my shirt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah rip off my. Let's shirt. rip off my Come shirt. Come on, yeah. dude. Downtown, when you walk the streets, so beautiful inside. Touch a seamstress, I'm touching too. Gotta make me mine. It's not just Ryan, it's the Ryan and uh, his cover of Save Me Sorrow.